What is up and welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing here for episode 143. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, supporting us, getting us this far. It's, it's very rare a podcast makes it 10, 20, 30 episodes, let alone 143 now. So we really appreciate it. Couldn't do it without your support. And of course, I definitely couldn't do it without my co-host, who's been with me for probably I uh, probably half of the episodes now, Dom. You, we, you've Something probably like been that. with me for at least 70 at this point, I have to imagine. Yeah. Either way, he's been with me for a while. He's with me again today. It's Dominic Jose Bizonio. Dom, how are we doing? Doing well. Uh, just before recording, I had to write a quick brief because one of my high school teams made state. So, Oh, congrats. Uh, Which, which team specifically? Uh, it's Champlain Park Girls Lacrosse. So oh, they're going to be headed to, uh, to state. So that's, that's fun. But uh, yeah, no, a uh, busy week, but uh, a, a lot happened. <laughs> this yes. Week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, oh my uh, gosh. We're in the thick of it. Definitely looking forward to chatting about, about some of it. So, yeah, it's, I, I apologize if, if this triggers anyone, but I feel like we're bringing back that TikTok craze <laughs> from a couple of years back into the thick of it. Uh, <laughs> into the thick of it. Because that is definitely where we are in the world <laughs> of Minnesota soccer right now. Um, and we have you covered at sodasoccer.com. You want to read about everything happening in Minnesota soccer. Make sure you're checking us out. SOTASoccer.com. Um, you know, Minnesota United, Minnesota Aurora. I mean, you can see the this the last five or six articles on the site are all about different leagues, different teams, different corners of the Minnesota soccer sphere. So make sure you're checking us out and supporting us there. Um, if you're into Minnesota United specifically, make sure you're checking out our Loons Daily newsletter. Sometimes I'll put a few, speaking of briefs, I'll put a few brief kind of notes and anecdotes um, up on the Loons Daily newsletter that you're not exactly going to get on Soda Soccer because, to be honest, some of the things we put on the newsletter, I mean, we're trying to make the newsletter just very digestible, very three to 400 words. Here's what's happening. Here's the big storylines. Here's kind of a, a cool little thing. And actually had something as it pertains to the Lionel Messi signing um, and found the hashtag local angle on that a little bit for Minnesota United. So um, that kind of stuff is going to be up on the Loons Daily Newsletter. So make sure you're subscribing. The link is in the show notes if you are so inclined. And make sure you're following us on socials at Soda SOC. And wherever you are listening to this podcast, if they allow you to leave a rating or review, please do that. Please subscribe or follow. If you are if you are just stumbling upon us or you kind of just search us out to listen every week, make sure you're hitting that subscribe button. Make sure you're hitting that follow button because – well, you know, the 10,000 Pitches podcast is going to be here in your feed every Friday. You can count on that. We also have post loons following every Minnesota United match. And although the schedule is a little bit more uniform in MLS, there's still some occasional weekday games. There's still some uh, occasional times where, you know, it's going to be kind of a different day that that post loon episode, episode drops. So make sure you subscribe so you get that in your feed. And also um, we'll have the occasional interview that we don't necessarily drop on a, on a specific day. It's usually just whenever we do the interview. Whenever it makes sense to drop it, that's when we put it out there. So anything that we're putting on the Soda Soccer feed, make sure you are uh, subscribed and you're leaving us a rating and review. Um, and a lot of you, I'm sure, are subscribing because, once again, we found ourselves in the top 75 soccer podcasts on Apple Podcasts this week, which is just wild when I see that, that, you know, we're up there with some you know podcasts from The Athletic, podcasts from, like, The Guardian, like, just – different like nationally known podcasts you know if we catch them on a day that they haven't dropped an episode and we have we kind of get right up there right up there with them on the on the charts so that's really cool to see and obviously that's much to do with your all of your support 
um, and, and listenership and followership to the podcast as well. So we really appreciate that. Make sure you're being a friend and telling a friend there. And if you want to go that next step and directly support what we're doing, you know, this, this is a paid venture for everybody who creates content, everybody who posts an article on the website, everybody who is, you know, recording a podcast episode, whether it's post loons, 10,000 pitches, if they're doing something for soda soccer, they are being paid for that contribution. So, um, we can't do that with your that without your support as well. If we want to keep this sustainable and keep this ramping up, we do need to kind of keep that that patron number continuing to rise as we move as we move on and continuing to grow. Um, and you know that's why we set a goal every month of how many new patrons we want to get because that's kind of what we would need to keep things going and keep things ramping up in the right direction. And um, speaking of going in the right direction, we set a goal of eight new patrons by the end of June. Well, we had three this past week. Um, and I'm going to bring those up right now because I didn't have those in front of me like I usually have. But that means we are five patrons away from hitting our June goal. Um, and if you want to help us do that, you can subscribe at patreon.com slash soda soccer for as low as $3 a month. Um, if you subscribe in the five or $10 tiers, you will get uh, you'll get some bonus content there as well. But big shout out to Michael M, Jeremy S and Paul P for all uh, supporting us on patreon.com slash soda soccer if you want to be like them. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash soda soccer. And again, leave your contribution for as low as $3. Um, appreciate all the support we can get. Keeps us sustainable. and keeps us moving uh, at sodasoccer.com. Speaking of moving, let's move right into these headlines here, Dom. Uh, we'll start with Minnesota United. Good and eh this week, I'm going to call it. Um, the eh was a 1-1 draw with Toronto FC. It's the fifth home draw of the season for Minnesota United. Still just one league win at Allianz Field in the 2023 campaign. Crazy to think about that it's June 8th, and we are discussing that, and it's going to be at least July now before Minnesota United has a chance to get another league win at Allianz Field because they're at Montreal this weekend. They have a friendly on the 17th, a little bye week there. Then they're at RSL on the 24th, and they don't return home till July 1st. So it's going to be at least July 1st. We're going to head into July with just one league win at home for Minnesota United, which is crazy to think. Even in the dog dog years of 2017 and 2018, you know, even TCF Bank Stadium was a, was at some level a fortress for Minnesota United. They were able to get wins there. We were able to hear Wonderwall on a pretty consistent basis even in those even in those rough years. And before we even get to this result, Dom, I mean, when you look here, it's going to be at least July before we have a chance to get another win. It's it's just one of those things where um, it's, it's it's holding Minnesota United back a little bit. You can talk about the performances, and we'll talk about that, how this wasn't necessarily another – it was another overall positive performance. But as I mentioned last week, this is a results-based business. And it's especially in MLS, you have to get the results you seek at home in order to really be where you want to be at the end of the year. And right now, for some, for some reason, it's just not happening for Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a strange one. Um, recall, uh, Jacob and I talking about this on, uh, post loons, uh, I guess it would have been like two games ago. Uh, just that, you know, Minnesota's had these, had an interesting year where at times it feels like they're, they're more dangerous on the road, uh, that are at, you know, mm-hmm. get closer to results or get better results, uh, on the road. Most of their wins are on the road. Uh, and, and that's very much a flipping of the script from this team forever. Uh, their its entire existence in MLS, uh, certainly early on, especially. So, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one. Uh, I think to your point, 
you can get, you know, like this team has, you can get some good results on the road, but getting some good results on the road is never going to be an efficient way of rising up the table. Like you need you, mm-hmm. because those are never going to come as consistently as they would if it was a good run at home. It, yep. It's just not how the math's ever going to work out. So struggling at home is always going to do more damage than doing well on the road is going to uh, more good than doing well on the road is going to do for you. So uh, it's, it's a problem for the team. It's a problem. Uh, there's certainly been some close calls. Some, you know, the, the Toronto game, certainly a, a close call or the uh, Vancouver uh, draw at home, obviously a close call. There's been some close ones, but the fact that this team isn't getting over the line at home, I think is a huge part of why, you know, obviously for a while now, they've really dropped off that early burst uh, up the table that they had. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's going to be a long-term problem until they can start stringing together home wins. Absolutely. So let's talk about how this match went. Uh, 58th minute, Insigne puts the visitors ahead. Uh, it's Bernadeschi breaking out on the counter, passes this to Larea on the right. And again, this is one of those instances where they're, the opposing team on the counterattack is able to get a really clean ball into the box um, to a, just an on just an awaiting attacker who doesn't really seem to be marked. And uh, we saw it against RSL. That's how they got. That's how they got one of their goals. Uh, we saw it. Uh, we've seen it in previous matches um, where teams are really able to take advantage of Minnesota down the flanks. And if Minnesota is not marking well in the box, obviously that's going to lead to pretty much a tap-in opportunity for the opposition. We saw that here with Insigne. Um, well worked by Toronto. I don't want to take anything away from them. They were able to stretch Minnesota um, and end up getting that goal. But the $7 million man finds the opener for uh, Toronto, and that puts them up, up 1-0. But the energy sort of changes in the 65th, Dom, where we see Emmanuel Reynoso subbing on, making his 2023 debut. And uh, even just, you could feel the energy in the crowd, um, but even just, just from my vantage point of the game, you know, I'm looking from the press box and I'm thinking, okay, it's going to have to be Bongi again, or it's probably not going to happen uh, for this team to find a goal. And then all of a sudden Reynoso comes on and my perception of the match just totally changes. Like, oh, like they forget just finding a goal for a draw. This team could actually come back and win this thing now. And then yeah. that confidence grows more the way you see Ray just sort of step right in and sort of pick up where he left off last year with just dazzling the crowd with some of his moves. I mean, um, there was an instance in the 73rd. He's working through extremely tight pockets of space. He maneuvers around basically a trio of Toronto defenders and is shot from the edge of the box, miss, misses the mark by inches. It's that something out of nothing, that creativity, that just individual playmaking, that almost intangible factor that Ray brings to the pitch that Minnesota was was missing um, before this. And if there was any doubt that there was going to be any rust or, or, or if there was any doubt on what quality Ray would have when he came on the pitch, um, he silenced that doubt almost immediately with his, basically his first touch on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, so I was at this game actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, went with uh, some my girlfriend, and some friends. Uh, I was in the Wonderwall, um, and yeah, I mean, first of all, as soon as uh, he came on, you, know, you, you we talk about you know this drama with him and all that. But you, when when you think about well, what effect will it have when he debuts at you know at home this season? Part of you wonders like, well, how many of these fans are necessarily completely plugged into what's happening? How many of them really mm-hmm. know you know what's going on? And I was frankly kind of surprised that you saw really, I mean, you, you saw po- through the stadium, you saw pockets of people standing up. I mean, you, you really, 
people clearly knew, first of all, that the situation had happened, but also clearly cared that he was uh, coming back on. So that was great to see. Um, and yeah, you know, it was interesting because before he came on, you know, Minnesota United had been to some degree dominating the attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Dangerous that Toronto, chances, yeah. Right, that Toronto goal was certainly against pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it felt like before he came on, it was it was very much attacking, trying to trying to hurt Toronto with a blunt instrument, I guess, would, would be the way to put it. And as soon as he put mm-hmm. on, he came on, the instrument seemed dramatically more sharp. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, suddenly chances that you were sort of crossing your fingers maybe would turn into something. Suddenly all of them were coming really close. I mean, there were some really close calls before the equalizer we'll talk about eventually. Um, so, no, I mean, had immediate effect. I will say, like, his second touch was an intercepted pass, which... Like mm-hmm. I think I tell people around me time I'm like oh okay <laughs> maybe not it's not a miracle it's not a miracle but uh, yeah. that was probably the only mistake I saw him make the entire game yeah. so yeah. Uh, you know credit to him for being very ready for the game uh, you know twenty uh, something minutes that he ended up playing uh, seemed mm-hmm. very prepared and and seemed quite gelled with the team actually so uh, yeah no that that was very wonderful to see. There's another moment I just thought about I don't even have it in the notes but I just thought about he's he's approaching the box with the ball. And he sort of, he sees the defender coming at him and he just sort of slows down and just allows the defender to run into him just outside yeah. the 18. It's that, that intelligence he brings too is just so right. like, it's, it's next level. Everything he really brings is just kind of next level in terms of the talent, the intelligence, his presence, the way he, he goes about his business. So, um, and it pays dividends in the 89th. It's Reynoso kicking off the sequence. He sends a ball towards the far post. Uh, Hlongwani is right there. Bongi kind of sends a shot into traffic towards goal, gets deflected into the path of Ariaga, and uh, the Honduran fires a shot that's deflects off a Toronto defender's hip and into the back of the net. And there you go. You have the equalizer. And Adrian Heath actually said after the game, he, he wants to see Ariaga in these attacking situations more, getting more shots on goal because we, we've, we've seen it in training um, you know, Jacob Schneider, myself, Andy Grader, Jerry's a go to everybody's there. You know, it's one of the things that stands out in training is during the shooting drills, Ariaga is he is top notch when it comes to his his shooting ability, when it comes to his foot, when it comes to um just how dangerous he can be in those situations. And um, you saw it with the free kick against Chicago again, that goes off the 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 goalies hands it in the back of the net. But if he's able to get around the box and get a shot, he can he can be very very dangerous in those situations yeah absolutely i i think you know he's one of those players that i, I was going to say suffers not suffering but suffers from you know being um uh pictured or being being uh, assumed to be just like a gritty defensive midfielder guy because that's technically kind of his job but um mm-hmm. he's certainly got a, a lot of ability in the attacking third you know we've seen we've seen bits of that uh, obviously in practice but also in, in some games and uh, yeah no i think it's you know he, he uh, obviously there, there's been some conversation about some of the mistakes he's made in recent games. I, I thought this goal was a great opportunity for him to sort of uh, refresh the page a little bit, uh, clean the slate a little bit, uh, you know, boost his confidence. I thought uh, he, he looked pretty good in this game. Um, and yeah, he's, he's part of what I think is good about Ariaga is that he can do a lot on both sides of, of the pitch. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously there's been some, some growing pains, some tough moments in the last couple of games, but uh, if, if Minnesota United can just keep him in this sort of shape overall, what he was doing against Toronto, that's the Ariaga that you can you can get big results from and that can be a, having a big impact. So that, that was great to see. 
Yeah, and and keeping himself available and on the pitch is going to be huge for him as well. And he actually, we we got to talk to him through a translator um, in the locker room after the match, and and that was one of the things he he said. You know, I asked him kind of because because he's he's been kind of moved down the team sheet a little bit. He went from being this team's MVP over the first three or four games to not really seeing the starting eleven much over the last month. And I kind of asked him about that, like, what's that been like? And obviously, mentioned it's been hard and. Um, you know, he, he understands that a lot, that one of the big factors in that is how many cards he picks up and how kind of reckless he can be at times. And I'm paraphrasing here, but um, he did say that, that being cleaner and and keeping himself available is going to be one of the things that, that is a a priority for him moving forward. And that's good to hear. Um, And hopefully he can do so in a way where where his presence isn't necessarily minimized because it does bring this, this presence in this, this, um, I don't know, this this sort of uh, factor into the match that you don't want to necessarily see him lose just for the sake of staying on the pitch. But obviously staying on the pitch and staying out of card accumulation danger is something Minnesota needs to see from Ariaga moving forward because he can be such a high-impact player when he's when he's available and when he's on his best day. So, um, But anyways, uh, before we get to the end, I, there's an, a chance in the 85th that it just yeah. seems it's one of those minutes. It's like a minute. It's only in Minnesota sports. Hashtag only in Minnesota sports. Does this happen? A ball off of a corner, I believe, or some sort of cross gets deflected. And Mender Garcia is inside the six yard box, just licking his lips, salivating, waiting for this ball to drop to his feet. There's no defender around him that is going to get to this ball first. He is right on the doorstep. And Somehow, a defender then gets in the way of the shot, and it, it gets blocked. I, yeah. Well, I, it's also where we're talking about some some you know bad luck Minnesota to win this game. Uh, Minnesota had two shots blocked off the line in this yep. game. Yeah, uh, one on each side, one on each half. So you know, I mean, they're 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 obviously it's up to the team to score enough goals to win and get the job done. But hard done in some moments. Uh, yeah, you know, for sure probably deserved another goal um didn't get it and that's what matters but yeah no some some really big chances from i mean really all the attackers had had some moments it's just none of them were able to convert so it's just one of those how how does this not end up in the back of the net but anyways it doesn't and then things end up one one and uh now we move on to cf montreal uh coming off a canadian championship final loss to vancouver midweek um, so I think that will impact Montreal's, you know, the way they roll out their lineup. Cause I mean, they, they put everybody out there. Obviously it was the final of the Canadian championship. You have a chance to lift the trophy. They're going to put their best foot forward in that one. So I have to imagine that because of that, there might be some rotation in this one for Montreal, which, which Minnesota could take advantage of. And um, if you haven't been paying attention to Montreal, you know, lately, and you just kind of heard about some of their early results, they've actually done a really good job of turning things around after that slow start. You know, in early April, it looked like this was going to be a wooden spoon type team. But you look at some of the results that they've been able to get lately as I pull it up here. And, you know, they lost 3-0 to uh, Philadelphia. But, you know, you're looking at wins over Miami. You're looking at uh, wins over, over Toronto. Two wins in a row against Toronto, actually. Blanking Orlando City. Blanking SKC. Um, beating the Red Bulls 2-0 despite a red card. So, um, you know, they're not, you know, Eastern Conference contenders by any means, but they are not the pushovers that yeah. they seem to be 
in the early portion of the season. And even with the rotation going on the road to Montreal, this is something that Minnesota is going to have to be on their, uh, on, on their a game. If they're going to want to come, come out with, uh, with, I mean, after uh, a few home draws, you almost think, okay, we want to go into the, inter- we want to go into this little international break. We, we kind of need three points. If we kind of want to stay above that, that playoff line, that best of three playoff line, which I see as the line you want to stay above. If you're Minnesota, not just the playoff line, but I think you want to be seventh or better and avoid that best of three sort of play in first round scenario. Well, you definitely want to avoid that, but uh, yeah. no, yeah, there's going to be an interesting matchup. Like you said, Montreal team that's, that's kind of flipped the script a little bit this season after a tough start uh, happens to be random fun fact. Uh, I be- uh, might be wrong, but I think I'm right. Uh, Montreal was the second place Minnesota United ever won on away game on uh, MLS. The first one in Chicago. Um I remember they they beat Montreal. Abu Dhabi scored one of the best goals Minnesota United's ever scored, and everyone should go look look it up on YouTube. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you know it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, what does that recovery from the Canadian Championship final look like? Obviously, they lost that as well. So how does that impact the uh, mentality? Um, but yeah, big opportunity for for Minnesota to to get a result. I mean, you know, we, we've been talking about uh, for s- several games now. Uh, you know, Minnesota playing well overall us being pretty happy with the play but just not getting the right result mm-hmm. you know it, at, at some point that dam has to break or it's going to become a really big problem so yep. uh, opportunity against the montreal side that is certainly competitive but not amazing uh to mm-hmm. get that done on the road at least um so yeah interesting all right so now is where we talk to the, talk about the biggest news of the week Dom. <laughs> uh so we know at this point i mean I listened to the the extra time podcast today and they went very much out of their way to not like say this is a done deal because nothing's actually been signed yet. So I think we might follow the same integrity where Lionel Messi has announced he has stated his intention to join Inter Miami uh, this summer. Um, Obviously Inter Miami has put out numerous things on social media. This looks to be a done deal, but we haven't, Nothing's been signed or put to paper. Um, I don't necessarily anything. Can they sign the dotted line before July 1st? Is just when it becomes effective or it is July 1st or July, excuse me, July 5th or just July 5th when the contract can be, I don't know. Anyways, I don't understand. The transfer window opens July 5th. So that's the earliest, I guess he could like join Inter Miami. Um, But anyways, um, it's like Taylor Swift level of, of ticket inflation on this one too. Uh, for basically every for basically everywhere into yeah. Miami is playing the rest yeah. of the season, which is pretty funny. Uh, but anyways, here's the hashtag local angle on this that I teased earlier. So there are two things. Um, so according to Andy Grader of the Pioneer Press, uh, both Adrian Heath and Nasani Dotson spoke at training on Wednesday about Messi's announcement that he's joining into Miami this summer. Um, obviously, Minnesota does not play Miami this season. Um, but they both expressed a ton of excitement about the possibility of uh, sharing the pitch with the arguable greatest of all time as soon as next season, uh, which would be really cool. Um, and I, I mean, can you imagine if it is, if it is in Miami, the Minnesota contingent that'll be going down there. I mean, I'm, I'll be one of the first in line to apply yeah, for a press. I'm not going to lie. I'll be one of the first in line to apply for a press pass for that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyways, um, hopefully we show, we see into Miami show up on the 2024 schedule for Minnesota. That'd be cool. Uh, but one other note, that does relate to Minnesota as well as the other teams in the league. Uh, nowhere in Wednesday's reporting of Messi's move to MLS was there mention of the prior rumor that all 29 MLS clubs 
Minnesota included, would be contributing financially to make the move happen. I saw some people kind of falsely stating that the athletic report of Messi's move stated this. Um, this, this I haven't seen this stated since like March in any actual reporting that, and at that time it was just a rumor. It was just something that had been discussed. So there really, is, I don't think it was ever really anything super concrete about this, this shared financial responsibility mm. among the clubs to bring uh, Messi to major league soccer. Uh, but no mention of that. So that, and, and I, I, I reached out to, to some people in the Minnesota camp, just, just like, you know, Hey, do you know anything about this? There was this rumor. What do you think? And uh, those I spoke to just, they basically said they highly doubt any owner would pay for a player that isn't theirs, even in these circumstances, which I think are the most likely circumstances that this would ever happen. Um, so if it's not going to happen yeah. now, it probably won't happen in any case, but um, so that's that's something to note that Minnesota, for all intents and purposes, will not be sharing in the in the financial obligations as far as Lionel Messi goes. Which, I mean, seemed like a seemed like an interesting idea to to say the least to begin with. So, um, but yeah, evidently that responsibility is going to go to Apple and Adidas now. So that's sure. There's that. I I, I would. I, I there's a couple things to say about this. Uh, just on that note, I would say that. Yeah, I haven't seen any. I haven't seen the the reports that have more or less confirmed that Apple and Adidas uh, assistance have not uh, addressed whether or not the, the clubs took part. I guess what I would say is, by de- like to some degree, by definition, all owners do help because of how MLS works. That is, I mean, yeah, to some degree, I guess, I guess you so, are correct. Like, whether all or not, the clubs are owned by MLS, right? So right. So, like, to be clear. That, that they did technically help, but they didn't necessarily yeah. sign a dotted line saying, I'm specifically going to help you mm-hmm. sign Lionel Messi. Um, yeah, no, I mean, first of all, obviously, this is, you know, crazy news. Um, it, it's the idea that that he's going to, whether, you know, whether it includes this year or not. I know there's some questions about when he'll start, but in the near future, we'll, we'll be playing here is 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 cool and, and crazy to wrap your mind around and, and the idea that uh, folks here are going to be able to see him uh, play in a competitive match, by the way, because, you know, the average American at best maybe sees him in a friendly mm-hmm. um, without traveling. Uh, yeah. So that's that's obviously a, a really cool opportunity. I think it's a really interesting – one thing I'm curious about is how this actually affects Inter-Miami's results um, in the sense they're, that – They're pretty bad. <laughs> they're doing really bad. But here's the thing. And, and, and I say this as a person who thinks that Lionel Messi is the GOAT. We've seen really high-level stars come to this league and not help their teams win anything. Mm-hmm. That's That's been the story of high-level stars in this league in the last couple of years. It took David Beckham five years to win anything with LA Galaxy. Uh, I believe Zlatan... It really five years. Yeah, it was his fifth year wow. with the Galaxy. Zlatan um, didn't win anything. Zlatan didn't win anything. It's the Rooney MLS, didn't win anything. M- MLS is the only league that Zlatan has played in that he didn't actually win any hardware. When you, you know, you look at, I mean, uh, I don't think NYC won anything while David Villa was there. Uh, I, you know, all, all these kind of prominent, not, not, I'm not talking about back when Beckham came. I'm talking about the last couple of years recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't really seen teams that sign these kinds of guys necessarily do that much better 
uh, at least in terms of actually getting over the line and winning anything. So yeah. I am curious what that looks like for Inter Miami. Mm-hmm. What you know, I imagine they will be better than last in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they're not signing him to be fourth worst in the East. They're signing him to win oh. trophies. So um, I'm just curious what that looks like because the league's just changed a lot. It's become a lot more focused on young guys and you know all that kind of, you know domestic young guys particularly all that kind of stuff. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, and and then you know I guess not not to not to be the negative Nancy on this, but uh, I, I I am a little bummed out by the fact that there's already so much evidence that the tickets are going to be so priced out um, because while while it is kind of funny the way it's happened with some games especially games that by the way he will not be playing <laughs> um yeah. like games that he, he won't have even signed a contract and I, I think literally the nets miami game has already had an increase and he's literally not even part of the team mm-hmm. um and that's kind of funny but the the thing that bothers me out a little bit about that is you know people are talking about how cool opportunity oh my god he's going to be here but like how many people are actually going to see him mm-hmm. uh actually because uh, what what those prices really mean is like most of the you know especially like you think of like kids and stuff who this is their chance they can't travel to the other side of the planet yep. uh, to watch him play they're not going to see him live they're going to watch him on TV like he still played in PSG yep. so th- that's the only thing that bums me out is like when you see those price heights that does mean that like the people that you would love to be able to grow up saying they've watched him live won't see him live their yep. families won't be able to afford to go watch him. Um, so that, that's kind of my only thing. I'm like, I, I understand, look, inner Miami, I have every right to do that. That's how the system works. I'm not, you know, but I I do wish that wasn't quite the situation. I don't know if perhaps that will be less of a problem with road games for inner Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, you know, I mean, that's where teams like Charlotte and Atlanta sort of have an advantage. They play in stadiums that they can just, you know what, we're going to open up the upper bowl and we can get 70,000 in the sure. sports and that's what they both intend already intend on doing i think miami i i don't have any this is not a report this is just my inkling they probably are going to move their home games from, from there on out yeah. to the dolphin probably. stadium because drive pink stadium is in fort lauderdale and if you don't know anything about south yeah. florida fort lauderdale is like an hour from Miami. Like it is, it is not close. A separate air, a completely separate. And not even that it's not, it's, it is a soccer specific stadium, but it's not an actual um, stadium and that it's, it's temporary. It was built to temporarily house this team until they can find an actual stadium to play in. Built on the bones of the Fort Lauderdale striker stadium. Yes, exactly. (laughs) The rotting bones. I very highly doubt that's where Lionel Messi is going to be playing any or most of his home games. If there's a conflict with the Dolphins as you get into the NFL season, then probably you'll be forced to do that. But if as many games as they can play at Hard Rock, which is it actually in Miami, it has all the the measurements that you need. It it can it can house soccer games. I think it's going to host World Cup games. So that's, that's probably, that's a very likely option, I think. But for the road games, you're exactly right. I mean, can you think of Allianz Field, how, how crazy those prices would be if, if Messi is coming? Especially on the post market for resale mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think there's any way they would move that to U.S. Bank because that's the, there's, I mean, I don't know how, because the Wilfs were, were bidding on an MLS team, but like they didn't make U.S. Bank Stadium 
like the field big enough for World Cup games. So I can't imagine that they would be able to maneuver things around enough to host them. Anyways, that's just a lot of conjecture. But um, anyways, the point is, I think this is largely really cool, but I do think your point stands down that it kind of sucks that a lot of a lot of kids, especially um, who don't come from very well-to-do families, are probably going to be priced out of the market but kudos to anybody who's a season ticket holder to yeah. any team that is you either get to see the goat or you get to flip your tickets for like 20x what you bought them for so it's a right. win-win situation there so yeah, anyways absolutely um that's very cool and and again i i hope that we see inner miami on the uh, minnesota united schedule next year that'd be very cool um a couple more loons notes before we switch gears kamar lawrence likely likely to remain out against montreal this saturday per greater um, still in dealing with the hamstring issue. And then following Saturday's game, the Loons will be without a handful of internationals. Uh, Michael Boxall, Bangakuli Klangwane, um, Dane St. Clair, Kervin Ariaga, Joseph Rosales, and Zarek Valentin, who actually be representing Puerto Rico, which is pretty cool. Uh, that's great for Z. Um, these internationals are set to miss anywhere from one to a handful of matches in late June into July. Um, I know CONCACAF specifically, you have the Nations League wrapping up, uh, but then you have Gold Cup in July. So there's there's going to be some time where, you know, guys like Dane St. Clair, Kervin Ariaga, Joseph Rosales are going to be missing um, quite a few games specifically from those two. I'm not sure what the European international schedule looks like in July or anything like that. But um, you're looking at the possibility of, of missing some key guys for um, a number of games and I mean, that's that's where it really, really pays to have a guy like Emmanuel you know, Reynoso back because yeah. it's very fortunate, very fortunate that he's Argentine for Minnesota because yeah. if he played for nearly any other international team, he would be one of those guys who's missing. Yeah, that's that's sort of the funny, like, backwards positive of signing good players from that kind of country, like an Argentina, yeah. versus signing really, really good players from South Africa and Honduras and and – you know, New Zealand, Puerto Rico, wherever. Uh, uh, because, you know, those guys are going to get called up, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. your, your really good Argentinian player or Brazilian or whoever is probably not going to get called up. So that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the, 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 the backwards positive of that. Um, also, side note, but Honduras are actually playing Venezuela for one of their games uh, in the next minute. So uh, I, I wish Ariaga and Rosales uh, an injury-free, terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> um, no they, they but, each get a, they each get a brace but venezuela wins 5-4 exactly there you go yes um but no yeah i mean i i've said this countless times on, on the show i'm a big fan of international soccer so i i always really enjoy seeing people go off to the teams and seeing how the this game so, so that's very exciting for me but yeah hopefully obviously we don't see any sort of injuries enter the conversation some of these players of course pretty vital right now and and yeah it's going to provide a really big opportunity for someone like Emmanuel Reynoso uh you know uh Fragapane as well I suppose you know those kinds of guys mm-hmm. to really step into the the space and and lead the team uh for the, for the games following the, these departures because they're going to be needed all the more uh with the combination of course of, of injuries and, and international players so uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how the team respond respond to that problem yes, maybe see Sang Ben the winger in these scenarios which would be interesting um you know i I think he's you know he was touted to be an attacking piece that that you can kind of 
plug in anywhere along the front and, and he can he can be an impact player. So um, maybe maybe that is kind of where he fits best is maybe that Swiss Army knife along the front where um, you can slot him in if you're missing somebody, if somebody's injured, you know, whatever, whether it's on the wings at the 10, at the striker position. Um, maybe he can just sort of be that piece that can that can play, you know, he's not maybe not make a tremendous impact. But he can slot in and, and give you really good solid minutes in one of those scenarios. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's maybe that's where he's he's looking at. But um, one player that Minnesota United most certainly is looking at to bring in is Timu Puki. And uh, I don't have this in the notes here, but I just wanted to uh, pull this from Andy Grader of the Pioneer Press. Um, Andy was like the I guess the only one at Minnesota United training this week. Uh, we nothing. It just worked out that Jacob or I could not go to cannot go to Blaine. Uh, we'll be there Friday. But we could not go to Blaine earlier this week. Obviously, this is kind of our our side hustle. We both have full time jobs and, and other things we're doing outside of this. But uh, so all of this information is courtesy of Andy. So subscribe to the Pioneer Press and uh, read Andy's stuff because he is always on it. But anyways, um, Andy says uh, uh, so. Timo Puki is going to be with Finland for their UEFA Euro qualifying matches coming up during this break that we've talked extensively about. Um, the expectation is that after that, he will then come to Minnesota and sign a contract with Minnesota United. That is what the club is anticipating right now. Um, and he could make his Loons debut, um, just kind of looking at the, the calendar, I guess, as soon as the uh, Austin match at Allianz Field, which I am going to pull up the Minnesota United schedule. I have no idea actually when that is. Um, but uh, anyways, that's, um, that's, a, that's a positive development. On the on the Pookie watch front, obviously, um, and so somebody people do look at his age, and we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, but at the same time, this guy has been known to put the ball in the back of the net at a very high level. This is not your bang for buck taking a flyer on a young guy who's played in a lower division that is showing signs of potential and talent and goal scoring ability. This is a proven guy. This guy has done it. And he's still, I mean, he's still scored double, scoring double-digit goals in the championship, um, even up until this past season. So, I mean, he's not washed by any stretch of the imagination. So I think this is somebody that, and look, I don't think he's a long-term, like, I, sure. I don't think their signing is with the intent that in five, six years, Timu Puki is yeah. still going to be with Minnesota United. But this team is, is in, a, is in a, a competing window right now there's right. no doubt about it like they have been for the last four years they're in a competing window they need to do what they need to do to take that next step in the short term without completely mortgaging the long term and i think timu puki checks both those boxes i think it's a very high quality short-term signing where you're looking to win in the next two or three years this is a guy who can contribute to that and yeah absolutely. um i think you you bring him in and I do think that Adrian Heath is, uh, I mean, maybe, maybe this is strong, but I do think that if it doesn't happen with Pookie, I think you're sort of seeing that maybe it's just not going to happen with Adrian Heath at the helm. But in any case, so and, and at some level, I think maybe he's sort of putting his job and his, his, his stamp on this as sort of the last, the last gasp to try to get goals from a, from a DP striker. But yeah. with that being said, I think um, I think he's he can be a guy that comes in and just really does make that impact, especially playing in front of Emmanuel Reynoso 
as well. Those two together in the, in the, on the front line, very optimistic about that to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point you bring up. I think um, if, if Pookie comes, uh, if he joins the team, I think that really provides uh, what I'll call a final big opportunity for Adrian Heath to prove that at Minnesota United, he can create a positive uh, long-term, and by long-term, I mean like season-long, relationship with a productive striker at this team. Uh, Because that has always been the storyline from the get-go with this team. To some degree, things were good uh, with Christian Ramirez uh, when the team joined. Obviously, that ended up ending poorly, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and he departed. Uh, and since then, there's been a lot of guys brought in, all of whom are good footballers, but have just not worked uh, with the team, have not produced what they were supposed to produce. Um, and, and so it's just remained this big question mark of can this team and this coaching staff coordinate well, productively long term with a striker? It hasn't really happened ever uh, mm-hmm. over a full season, particularly. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, you bring someone like that who, like you said, you know, this is a guy that everybody agrees is good, very good, uh, mm. was very capable of playing at the Premier League level, is a guy that's loved by Norwich City fans to this day. Uh, you know, even last season, I know, very, very well rated, even though it was a disappointing season for them overall, I'm not getting promoted. Um, so, it, you know, if you can't do it with him, yeah, who, who are you going to be able to do it with? Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I am excited that the team is making those, those lunges and, and looking for those opportunities. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see when he arrives, whether or not we finally kind of get the answer to that question of who can he pair, can Adrian Heath pair with and create a really good long-term manager to, to strike the relationship. Yeah. And, uh, so, and I'm looking at this, the Austin matches July 8th. Um, that, that would make sense. That would be the first match after the uh, transfer window opens. And so Minnesota, uh, kind of same with Inter-Miami and Messi. Minnesota, by getting kind of everything else out of the way ahead of the actual deadline opening, or ahead of the actual window opening, I should say, excuse me, um, They as soon as July 5th hits, they he could he could be available. He could come in and start training and, and be, be available for that match uh, against Austin. So but very positive development on the Pookie front for sure. Nothing obviously signed, sealed, or delivered just yet. I want the uh, title of this episode to be the out of context quote of Jeremy saying, Timo Pookie is just like Messi. <laughs> <laughs> Timo Pookie equal to Lionel Messi. <laughs> Timo Pookie will score more goals than Lionel Messi. Next year. I'm just I'm yeah, just in 2023. In 2023, yeah. Team of yeah, yeah, sorry, for the rest of the season, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, moving moving on. <laughs> that's that's not something I'm predicting. I'm sorry. Um, but let's get into some doubloons news. Um, it was uh, – I, I wrote this, and I'm going to say it here. It, it's not often you can take, like, a tangible positive from giving up four goals and getting doubled up on the road against a conference opponent. But uh, that kind of happened for m UFC 2 over the weekend because although they did lose 4-2 to Michael Vang and Portland Timbers 2, um, recently signed attacker Cameron Lacey filling in for the departed Patrick Wea, who's on loan in the USL Championship, scored a brace. He scored both of Minnesota's goals, which is which is a real positive. You know, yeah. Patrick Wea, before he left on loan, was, uh, I mean, a, a huge contributor to that front line. 
I mean, he was coming off of ACL injury and he had multiple goals and multiple assists just in, in a in a handful of starts. So you're looking at Cameron Lacey coming in. It's kind of like, okay, let's see if you can match this or let's see if you can kind of bring at, at some level the the level of impact that that we need to sustain from this uh striker position moving forward. And um, you know, some big shoes to fill there. And Lacey gets a brace, and although you lose four two, and maybe defensively you weren't as as sound as you would like to be. And Cameron Knowles had some had some words to say both about Lacey's performance, but you know about letting in four goals. Um, but uh, I, I think that is a positive. That's something you could take from this and moving forward and say, okay, maybe we have found a viable sort of quote unquote replacement. Uh, at least in the in the short term at this position, and um, obviously it, it's big for Lacey to sort of make that make that stamp uh, for that position too. Yeah, yeah, I think you know at, at least on that front, you kind of get the best of both worlds in the sense that Patrick Blaya obviously goes off to FC Tulsa, be a good opportunity for him to continue sort of growing back into form and and getting back on his feet following the the injury. Uh, so that that's good for him. And then yeah, for um, for Lacey it's good to know the person that you've just brought in is clearly going to be a productive part of the squad and uh, mm-hmm. has a good game. So that, that's always good to see. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, overall a, a tough result against uh, Portland Timbers too. You know, that that's a team that uh, started the year quite, quite poorly and has really recovered this last like month, it's had a couple mm-hmm. of good wins. So uh, part of it, probably a bad time to play them, frankly. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, part, part of, I think it's always important to to judge, especially with the MLS Nets Pro teams that are literal second teams and not trying to have like separate identity like Huntsville. Uh, when you're talking about a team like Minnesota United too, I think it's important to keep in perspective that the whole point of this is to develop these players, not necessarily to, obviously you want to win the league. That's, that's what everyone wants to do, but it's not so much the goal the way it is, say, in MLS. Mm-hmm. Um, and Correct. so the fact is you're seeing that development happening with a lot of these guys, uh, and that continues to be promising. So... Um, some some positives to take away for sure and uh there are only positives to take away when you work with our friends at pence homes p-e-n-t-z homes.com hit up nate right now if you are buying or selling or thinking about it just you know some people depending on who you talk to some people say it's a great time to buy or sell some people tell you it's a terrible time to buy or sell you don't really know who to trust these days especially when you have these youtube people who you know they make a living just giving you terrible advice on the internet um that's why having somebody like nate and the team at pence homes is so crucial because they can give you they can tell you what it really is because real estate is is very it's very situational it's about you know where do you live you know what's the condition of your house what's your budget what are you looking for it's all circumstantial so nobody can tell you that it's a good or a bad time. or This is what you should or shouldn't be doing if they don't actually know you or your situation. Nate and his team take the time to know you and your situation and what you want, what you're looking for. They have the team. They have the technology. They have the experience. Um, they have made, I mean, if you just go and search Pence Homes on Google or you look at their website or you look at their, you know, their Better Business Bureau page or Yelp, whatever, you'll just see countless positive reviews, countless five stars, because that's, that's the experience that they provide to their customers at, at Pence Homes. Buying, selling, both, doesn't matter. Nate and his team can help you out. So hit them up, pencehomes.com, P-E-N-T-Z, homes.com, or email Nate directly if I have sold you here. You can email him, Nate, N-A-T-E, at pencehomes.com. And if you do, just make sure 
just give us a little shout out. Just make sure you let them know that Jeremy and Dom from 10K and Soda Soccer sent you there. Um, Nate is a huge supporter of Minnesota United. Um, he is a huge supporter. You know, he puts his money where his mouth is in terms of his support of Minnesota soccer, um, support of Minnesota Aurora, support of Minneapolis City, um, countless other local organizations. So uh, support somebody who knows knows what they're doing. And also supports, uh, you know, lower league soccer. Uh, John Marthaler also always says this when uh, they do a Pence Homes read on on post lens when he's on. But like, don't you want a realtor who you know can help you get a new home, but can also talk to you about how great the Loon Central midfield is, or the pros and cons of starting Saint Benjong up top, or you know whatever it is. Uh, you know that's 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 something you can do with Nate and Pence Homes. So hit him up p e n t z homes.com or email Nate in a t e at pencehomes.com. Huge thanks. Nate and Pence Holmes for supporting us on the show. All right, this is the part where we jump into the lower league news, and it is plentiful this week. We start with the Minnesota Super Cup. Uh, we have our first qualifier for the next stage um, as Med City with a 3-1 win over St. Croix win their group. So they are assured a spot in the next round. And then elsewhere, Duluth playing their first game of the tournament draw 1-1 with Minnesota United U19s. Um, the Little Loons uh, themselves mathematically qualify for the next stage. Duluth can still win the group on goal difference with a win against Minneapolis City. Um, you know, we, we've seen two games now for the uh, Minnesota United Academy, a 1-0 win over Minneapolis City, a 1-1 draw with Duluth. Uh, we've seen Med City get out to a really hot start in this tournament in their own group. Um, what are your kind of interpretations of, of how things are shaking out the group stage of the Super Cup so far? Yeah, uh, well, so I'll, I'll start with Med City. Um, impressive, you know, two good wins, uh, beating actually St. Croix more confidently than they beat Valora uh, yeah. with, with one of their highest scoring games of the entire season so far. Um, you know, this result came off of two losses for them in NPSL play. Uh, so yeah. I, I think it's a really good statement for them just of, of intent and, and, and refocusing. Uh, regain momentum uh, they're going to need to do that we'll, we'll get to the MPSL later but they're actually technically um, points per game they're technically fourth right now in the MPSL mm -hmm. uh, so you know they, they need to step that up a little bit uh, this is a, a a sign that you know that's still very much in their arsenal to do so uh, mm -hmm. big congrats to them and that St. Croix Valora game now becomes a really interesting one because it's it's literally a whoever does well qualifies kind of thing unless they draw and it becomes a weird goal difference battle mm -hmm. um on the uh, Group A side, yeah, you know, Minnesota United U19s, I've been really impressed. I've been really impressed by both games. Uh, this last game in Duluth, uh, really enjoyed the the organization. They showed their ability to to go blow for blow with an older team. And obviously mm -hmm. a lot of the Duluth players and, and Minneapolis City players are, are college age or slightly above that. But, you know, these guys are U19, so that's still older than them on average. Um and this you know, is a Duluth team that's that's. I'm sorry to cut you off, Don. This is a Duluth okay. team that's pouring in four, five, six goals yeah. in 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 PSL play. So I mean, right. just to hold that that high powered of an attack to one goal. Yeah, and um, and the U19s took the lead first. I mean, they yeah. they scored first. So yeah, absolutely. Um, that you know there there was note from the uh, one of the commentators for the day, which is Joe Mooney, the head coach of UWS um, for Duluth. Uh, you know, mentioning that the organization of the team was just something that you don't see in, in the MPSL. And that was a big part of why they were to really hold up. You know, Duluth controlled the possession a lot of this game. It really mm -hmm. was mostly defensive work for uh, the United teams, but they just played really well. 
They played a really yeah. good game. Good goal. Good counterattack goal. They pressed, turned over the ball near the box, and, and good finish. Uh, Duluth, you know, end up fighting back, and uh, Tyler Limmer uh, ends up getting the, the equalizer late. Uh, and, you know, big saves from both goalkeepers. But, uh, yeah, really entertaining game, really physical, engaging game. Uh, makes me excited for, you know, continuing to see the U19s play whoever they play in the next stage. Uh, and, yeah, for Duluth, it, it, it at least gets the foot through the door for the next stage. They basically have to get a decent result against Minneapolis City, a draw or a win, and they're, and they're through. A win gives them a chance to, to win the group, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the scoreline. Draw, they just take second. Um, so, uh, you know, gives them good momentum. Minneapolis City, not out of it. They win. If they beat Duluth, they can, uh, they can take second. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it, it keeps that group interesting. But I, I've really enjoyed watching the games that I've been able to watch for both groups so far. I think it was really cool, you know, seeing Minnesota United in, in any form travel up to Duluth and play up there. Seeing Fernando Adi managing on the sideline of a game yeah. at public school stadium is kind of crazy. Uh, that's a high school stadium <laughs> that is, yep. that is, you know, it's not even a college stadium. So, uh, you know, little things like that are really cool. And um, I, I think that's kind of part of the magic of what the, what the first year of this cup is accomplishing, but yeah, really, really fun to, to set up in both groups, slightly different ways, but both groups, some pretty entertaining uh, final games uh, before we get to the, the knockout stage. So yeah, no, really, really enjoyed everything this last week. Now in USL League Two, talking about Minneapolis City, they get in the win column for the first time this season um, against Bavarians. And um, cities, I mean, they kind of step their game up with the production value and quality kind of each and every year. But, you know, after the matches now, they're kind of posting clips on social media of, of their post-game conversation with, with head coach Carl Craig. And what he, he has been, what he said, he said is something interesting after this win. He's, you know, he said that the, the, the style that he's playing with that he's introducing with Minneapolis city is more of a pro style. It's more of a possession based um, game where the, the quality on the ball is a little bit more important than it would be in your, in your college or, or amateur scene where sometimes it's just, you know, kick it up, you know, send long balls and and try to have somebody get on the end of them and uh, get in a good position that way. Um, and that's a little bit different, he mentioned, than what they might be playing in college, some of these more college-focused um, players. So, um, But they get their first win of the season against Bavarians, um, another pro-style team with the way they operate. Um, but that's, I mean, just a big big confidence boost for Minneapolis City has to be just getting that first win, especially against a, a seasoned program, if you will. Like sure. variance is, yeah, absolutely. Getting over the line with 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 a win anywhere, I think, was a really important um, mark to hit for Minneapolis City at this point. Just you know, having had a, a tough start to the season, um, you know, allows them a little room to breathe, allows them a little more, uh, you know, hope to compete for a, a potential uh, knockout stage uh, or playoff spot, rather, um, USL lead to playoff spot. So you know, big for them. Big also just to give the home fans a, a win to celebrate, obviously, and, and, and bring a little more of that joy, excitement to the season. Um, but yeah, you know, t- it's been a tough year for B- B- Bavarians, excuse me, Bavarians, uh, a little surprising. I don't think anyone quite expected them to, to struggle as much as they have. But uh, yeah, I mean, good, good on Minneapolis City for making sure to take advantage of that situation, get the most out of this game, get that win. Uh, that's four points in the last two games. Definitely much better than the, the start they had. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, definitely an upward trend for them in a in a group that is going to be very tough to climb. But uh, but yeah, start somewhere. So you know the, this this win I think is is the start of something. 
RKC Third Coast are starting somewhere. First place. <laughs> what is this? 12 points from four games? Um, they thumped St. Croix 3-0. Was it St. Croix or Rochester? It was St. Croix, right? Uh, Rochester. Rochester. Sorry. Sorry, St. Croix. They thumped Rochester 3-0 um, in midweek. And um, they've, they've just been they've just been dominant. I mean, I watched a little bit of the game against Minneapolis City, and it was just I I don't know where they're kind of pulling these kids and these players from as a first year team to just be on this dominant run that they're on. It's 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 very very tough for some of these other teams to figure out how to how to stop, and it's it's the attack. It's just a very potent RKC attack. They hit you on the counter, and you don't really know what hits you. If, if you're the opponent, it seems. And it's just been super impressive for them so far. Yeah, haven't dropped a single point and, and have had some really high-scoring games. Uh, yeah, it it's not what I expected either. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, this is a brand-new organization, to my understanding. There was, you know, I mean, they literally made their name, like, a couple months ago. So, yep. <laughs> uh, right. you know, this isn't like, uh, you know, like Rochester or, or Minneapolis where they had experience in previous league. I'm sure the people running the team have experience from previous organizations, but the organization itself is, is brand new. So, um, yeah, really impressive, really impressive uh, what they've been able to put together. And they're they're showing up basically, at, you know, everybody uh, so far. So, yeah, it, assuming they continue this and they make the playoffs, it's going to be really interesting to see what they can do um, on that stage if that happens. But, uh, but yeah, great start for them. And then uh, in the W League, Aurora give up their first goal of the season, but they do maintain their perfect 5-0-0 record. It's a 1-0 win over Rochester and then a 6-1 win over Chicago Dutch Lions. Um, Roche- I mean, Rochester played Aurora very close. They had the, an opportunity of their own very early in the match where they're at the doorstep, could have taken the lead on Aurora, and you don't know how the trajectory or the kind of the momentum of the game changes after that, but um, you know, really, I mean, especially after after the five nil loss that they suffered in the first match of the season, to kind of pick yourself up, dust yourself off at home, and, and play Aurora tough. I mean, obviously, all credit to Aurora for getting the win, a road win there um, at Rochester for their first trip there. But um, you know, very impressive by Rochester to to give Aurora. I mean, they're the only team that that's been anywhere close to Aurora at this point yeah. because, again, as we just mentioned, it was a six one win midweek at home for Aurora over the Dutch Lions. Um, one thing on the Aurora front I want to mention, though, Nicole Lukic was not happy with Aurora's performance after the uh, Chicago match. She's actually very more, much more complimentary of their performance in Aurora in the 1-0 win than she was at home against the Dutch Lions in their 6-1 win. And I, I, one of the things that that she mentioned is they just they, they were not very sharp. They didn't have that connectivity uh, that they, that they want to she wants to see. And she's, I mean, she's holding this team to a very high standard. You look at the results that Aurora is getting, and you think, man, how is anybody going to hang with them? I think I tweeted that after the first game. But there are two other teams uh, nationally in the league that actually have a better goal differential <laughs> excuse me, than Aurora's right now. And so that's, I think, the standard that Lukic is holding the team to, and not that she's looking at goal differentials like the be-all, end-all. But I think – the competition, there are other teams that might actually be at Aurora's level. And if Aurora wants to overtake those teams when push comes to shove in the playoffs, they have to be at their best every time out. And that includes on a Wednesday night at home against the Chicago Dutch Lions. And even in a 6-1 win, um, I think it was it was kind of, I don't want to say funny, but it was like kind of 
interesting to hear that sort of response from a 6-1 win. But at the same time, you you really think about it and you look at it, you're like, oh, this 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 team, this team's looking championship or bust this year. And if they're going to reach that mountaintop, having that standard is, you know, paramount to achieving their goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I yeah, obviously there's 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 something slightly silly about hearing that after sits one, but but I think that yeah, the logic of it is that you know, teams like this who um very comfortably dominate their conference, for example, with the structure of this league, um, you know, complacency can be a really big problem with those teams. Yep. Uh, as soon as you get out of that, you do your thing, you won your conference or division or whatever, uh, and you get to playing the next level, a lot of times those teams suddenly will will lose because there's just a little bit of casual complacency because they just got used to winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I don't think that's what happened to them last year, but the fact that they did so well last year and lost in the final, I think probably provided a form of that lesson mm-hmm. uh, for, for the coaching staff, for anybody that's returning as well. Um, so... Yeah, no, I, I think that's a smart thing. You know, if the coach is noticing that problem, I mean, if it's not happening, then there's no reason to complain. But if you're noticing that problem, you should address it right now in the middle of the season uh, when you still have time to, to iron that one out. Uh, yeah, with, with Rochester as well. Yeah, big credit to them. You know, that, that goal was right before halftime as well. So they basically did two 40-minute blocks of not conceding to Aurora, which is a mm-hmm. miracle compared to what every other team has played against Aurora. Uh, so, you know, credit to them. They, they showed that if, if you, if you play compact, you play defensive, you play conservative and you, you know, you, you can hold this team to a close game. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, probably shows that maybe a team with a better roster would potentially be able to pull it off and actually get like a one nil or a one, one. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, you know, Rochester are pro- definitely going to have to plan to get their points against other teams in Minnesota Aurora, which is frankly the case with any team that has to play Minnesota Aurora right now. Uh, so they shouldn't feel too bad about that, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's an interesting season so far. It's a very dominant season, obviously, for Aurora. But it is interesting to see these little storylines being created just in terms of, well, how is this team managing momentum? How is it managing its, its you know, me, uh, catapulting uh, into the atmosphere? Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that for the rest of the regular season. All right, MPSL time. Duluth beat Med City and Dakota Fusion. They now have 18 points on the season. They are number one in the NPSL national rankings. Um, it's been, and we talked about them a little bit in the Super Cup, but as far as NPSL play goes, man, this is, this, I mean, I, I said it last week, but it, it's catch me if you can for yeah. Duluth. And they are, I think, five points clear. Of, or maybe even more. It might be seven more. points clear now. Uh, so on second place, right? The Dakota Fusion play played tonight as we're recording. If I, mm. I think they won. I don't know yet the result of the game. If they win, um, Duluth would be eight points ahead of second place. Okay. Got so, it. so yeah, even so, even more um, than I mentioned. Yeah, okay. I, I think I think the the big thing for the teams that are all kind of around second through fourth right now, which is uh, uh, Joy. The Dakota Fusion and Med City Joy, you know, have won two, two games recently that really catapulted them up hit the table. Um, is is to plan and prepare for for the playoff uh, tournament uh, because the you know the fact is that the change in format means that Duluth can do this for the rest of the season and doesn't make them conference champions unless they win these the knockout games. So yeah. um, I, I think the the plan has to just be to prepare best as possible for that matchup for whoever ends up playing them. Uh, and, and get the job done there. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, 
Duluth haven't mathematically clinched anything yet, but uh, but it looks very unlikely that they're we're, not. We're, I mean, it's crazy to think of June 8th. We're kind of getting almost like kind of to that point where maybe in a yeah. week or two, we might be talking about, hey, they if win, this like, result happens, they'll clinch. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, been a really impressive season from, from Sean Morgan and Duluth FC. I mean, they've really put a great season together so far. Uh, really dominating teams, conceding very few goals. Very, very cool. Uh, uh, a quick note that I'll, I'll throw in just because I thought of it. I, I, I guess this would have gone more with the United result because it happened that day. But uh, Jake Starling, who is playing his fourth season for the team, has now actually broken the, the record for most appearances for the team mm. uh, at 45. Just a wow. lot of games for yeah, this kind of for team. Lower, yeah, for that team at this level, uh, 45 games. 45. So uh, that's going back to 2019. I, I think I made this joke on this podcast before, like way a long time ago, but Jay Starling's been playing for this team long enough that he actually played a game with Sean Morgan. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, watching. when Sean Morgan was hired, I think you had mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, just one game. Played with him. Yeah. Sean just played one game in 2019. But uh, that's, how, that's how long Jake's been with the team. So uh, big, big shout out to, you know, every now and then you'll see a guy that sits with a team for a long time like that. Doesn't happen too often. Two, three seasons, maybe you hear four is a lot. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, shout out to him for that. But Anyways, yeah, you know, a really good, really good uh, start for Duluth. Some promising signs for for Joy and Dakota as well. But uh, and and before we leave the NPSL, I have to shout out Lacrosse Aris, by the way, who won the first match of the season. They beat the uh, Sioux Falls Thunder two one this last week as well. Um, so yeah, that 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 more or less wraps up what was a very interesting uh, week for the NPSL. Yeah, and just kind of want to echo what you mentioned about Joy too. Two big wins for them, Sioux Falls Twin Stars. So they're. They're kind of up in that, as you mentioned, in that playoff um, you know, situation as well. Yeah. And again, top four make the playoffs in the NPSL North the, this year. So um, that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. And as you mentioned, you know, with that knockout scenario being in there, you even if you finish fourth and you finish 17 points off the pace, you you have a shot uh, if you if you just make that top four. So um, I'm to see um, how much more dominant Duluth can get. Uh, the latter portions of the season, if they can continue that into the knockout stages um, into the playoffs. Uh, WPSL, three wins in a row, sees Manitou lead the Northern Conference, but Thunder and Joy Athletic both sit two points behind with a game in hand. Um, you know, I say this every every week and every time we talk about the WPSL, but I mean, it's just the, the season happens so fast. And there are so not few games, but relatively fewer games that like one result either way, especially yeah. if it's a six point type result, can completely change the complexion of the entire table. Definitely. Well, the, the perfect way to illustrate that is literally uh, Manito's current standing, because the last time we recorded Manito's record was 0-2. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think they played the, the day we recorded and then two more games after that. And suddenly they are top of the table. So, uh, yeah, the games come really fast in WPSL. Um, yeah, it's going to be probably hard to hold on to that just with with some of the pressure they're going to have from behind. But uh, but a really good start for them overall. Really good job, uh, sort of recovering from from a rough first two games. Um, and and uh, quick shout out also because Manitou also uh, recently announced as new UPSL members on the men's side. So they'll be fielding a men's a men's team as well next season. It looks like. But uh, but yeah, uh, you know, promising promising in WPSL campaign for them. And we'll just have to see how, how well they can kind of hold off the pressure from, from the Thunder and Joy. 
Speaking of the UPSL, it's a very eventful week. Minneapolis City Futures top the table. They beat St. Croix 3-2 and draw St. Paul Blackhawks 1-1. Vlora beat Worthington 4-0, but then lose 3-2 to St. Croix. Um, And then Twin City get their first win of the season, 5-1 against Austin Villa. Um, So actually, I think um, St. Croix technically top of the table now, or is it still... They are second. Okay. They are second. So the the loss to Futures dropped them to third because Valora won that day. Mm. And then they retook second by beating Valora. Okay. Got it. So so there was a a lot happened and then nothing changed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, so, but, but now City are the actual sole holders of first place. I think last time we talked, three teams were tied for, for first place. So they, they are. It's it's a one or two point lead. It's it's potentially going to could be surpassed, but but they they do have hold of that first spot after some some pretty crazy games. And uh, worth noting that three two win over Saint Croix, they were down two 0 at halftime, Minneapolis yep. City. So uh, they really they really put in the work this week. And this is, I mean, kind of looking, let's say like a, maybe a four horse race at this point. I think Superior City's still in there. Obviously, you have Saint Croix and Valora, and then Minneapolis City. I think all four of those teams are within four or five points. Yeah. of each other there at the top so um you know it's very going to be interesting down the stretch uh, in the upsl where things shake out uh at the end of at the end of the season with the table there but um it's good to see kind of that parity and that competitiveness at the top between more than two teams um and, and see who's you know who potentially gets there uh at the end of the year um on the women's side in the upsl tonka remain top of the table tied with superior city at seven points but tonka do have a game in hand um, we just mentioned Superior City having success on the men's side. Obviously, that's translating over to the women's game as well. But um, Tonka still remained the team to beat. Yeah, then, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, uh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Dom. Yes, I, I I started late there. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, you know, really really good start for Superior City. I mean, they they they've made a good a good run of it so far. Some good um, results of them. But Tonka very much seemed like the team in charge. Uh, that being said, there's there's quite a few games left so the, this the upsl women is not nearly as fast as the wpsl so uh, mm-hmm. still some time for other other teams to grow into the season but uh yeah tonka seem like the team to sort of put, put your money on all right now that is it for the uh, news and headlines and scores and the the rundown of everything now it's time to end things the way we always do with our picks presented by better edge b-e-t-t-o-r edge.com slash loons you click that and you sign up using that code, using that link, and then 20 bucks pop it, pops into your account. You might be thinking, Jeremy, what can I do with that 20 bucks? Sports betting isn't legal in Minnesota. Well, this isn't really sports betting. It is, but it isn't. Because with Better Edge, you're not you're not betting against a sports book. You're not, um, you know, you there's not an entity that profits off of your loss. That is that is what a sports book is. That is what's illegal in Minnesota. With Better Edge. It's it's a social betting platform, so you know how you know. Hey, uh, Dom, I'll bet you twenty bucks that that Minnesota United beats CF Montreal this weekend. There's actually a platform where you can actually make that bet with your friends, against your friends, with uh, with or against other people on the platform, which makes it legal to use in Minnesota and forty six other states. So if uh, that sounds good to you, and that sounds like something you might want to take advantage of, BetterEdge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R Edge.com slash Loons, and you get that twenty bucks in your account. Um, loons. Our road underdogs, um, the Lions makers, the odds makers really love their home teams uh, in Major League Soccer. Um, so Minnesota United, actually pretty decent underdogs, plus 260 on the on the, on the the line, meaning that 
you know, if you bet 10 bucks on the game, you actually win 26 if Minnesota wins. Um, over under two and a half goals there. Dom, what are you thinking? Uh, I, I, I'll I'll take the risk on – my last couple have been wrong, but I'll, I'll take the risk on that one and, and say Minnesota United win just because of mm-hmm. the sort of uh, – the little bit of magic touch the teams seem to have on the road. Yeah, um, I'm going the same way. I'm thinking the exact same as you. I think uh, Montreal might be experiencing a little bit of rotation here. I think with the international break on the horizon, Minnesota is going to put absolutely their best foot forward. Um, they're coming off, I mean, for the first time in forever, it seems they're coming off a, a scenario which they did not play a midweek game. So they're going to be fully rested, ready to go with their road form, with Reynoso likely to play a little bit more than the uh, the cameo that he got on uh on Saturday, um, you know, if he can bring, you know, that same quality or maybe even continue to uh, increase his quality more, um, that'll be a huge plus to this group. So I think this is really a no brainer, which means Minnesota is probably not going to win because it seems like such a no brainer. But uh, I think the smart money is with Minnesota United on the road, plus 260 there. All right. That'll do it. Again, betteredge.com, B E T T O R edge.com slash loons, 20 bucks in your account when you sign up using that link. Dom. Uh, any, any wise words to send the people into the weekend? Uh, not wise words. I, have, I, I thought of a shout out. I probably could put this in news, but I, I didn't. But, uh, you know, recently, um, there has been an organization that is, is, is calling itself the, uh, Mullen football federation that has, uh, organized and has actually joined Kanifa, which is the non non FIFA national team organization. And uh, they have some plans to, to, to compete in some uh, international competition. They're going to have a friendly on June 29th. I saw they, they announced recently uh, in uh, Brooklyn Park. So check those guys out. They're doing some cool stuff to uh, sort of get a, a Hmong national team kind of organized. Uh, that seems cool. There's some Minnesota connections uh, organizationally and, and I'm sure player-wise as well. So, um, yeah. That comes to mind. That's about it, though. Oh, uh, for example, Lionel Vane and Brian Vane both are both the captains for this team. So there, there's some Minneapolis City connections, some Harding High School connections, all that kind of stuff. So Very that's cool. all I got. Awesome. Yes, that's uh, that's amazing. Go check that out. Um, follow Dom on Twitter. He is he is our resident community soccer correspondent for those kind of things. So uh, at DJ Bizonio, I am at Jeremy G Rushing. Follow us uh, as an entity on Twitter at soda soc and uh until next week enjoy your weekend uh we will have post loons with uh carter hofer and david naylor following minnesota united and cf montreal so make sure you're checking us out on youtube and on the podcast feed for that and then of course dom and i'll be here same time same place next week for another episode of 10k Till then enjoy your weekend everybody bye